The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for the Vikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right. On today's show, we will be joined by Luke Parrish. He writes for us here at The Viking Age, and he's going to help us preview the Vikings' final game of the 2020 season against the Detroit Lions. Um, I don't have much else to say today other than I want to offer my condolences to Vikings running back Dalvin Cook and his family uh, following the sudden passing of his father. Um, I can't imagine what he and his family are going through right now, so I would just like to wish all of them uh, the best during this difficult time. Um, but that's it for me, so let's just get into our conversation with Luke. Okay, joining the show now is Luke Parrish. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, in addition to some other outlets. So, uh, for the first time, welcome to the show, Luke. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, all right, let's just get into a little background on you first. Um, what would you say your first Vikings-related memory is? Like, how far can you go back and remember being a fan of the Vikings? All right, so I'm pretty young. I was born '97. Uh, oh, growing up, I always watched like the 98 tape, uh, but we had some VHS tape watching that had the 98 season on it. So I was very familiar with the missed field goal against Atlanta. But I think the, my fondest memory going back would have to be uh, McCown in 02. Oh, Nate pool catch. That's like <laughs> the first one that sticks out to me. So. Uh, yeah. Since then, I've been, you know, I've been stuck with just pain and suffering. So <laughs> that was the first one where I ever like threw a fit and went to my room crying. <laughs> and it, ha- it hasn't stopped. So. <laughs> no, no, it really hasn't. Um, yeah, that that was pretty brutal. That was when uh, I think the Vikings all they do is win and get in, and uh, they had to beat a, a terrible Cardinals team quarterback. But I think Luke, not Luke, Josh McCown might have been uh, a rookie. Um, I think so, yeah. For the Cardinals back in the day of his, one of his 19 teams that he's played <laughs> for. Um, I know you also enjoy covering the, the NFL draft and you do a great job with your draft content for us at the Viking Age. So, um, what intrigues you so much about the draft each year? Uh, I just, I have a lot of free time on weekends. So I watch a lot of college ball. Uh, and then obviously the Vikings 
have never won anything. So (laughs) finding ways to improve was always one thing that kind of stuck out to me. So I would just go through, uh, really in high school, I started watching prospects a little bit more. And then once I got into like my later years of college, I was just like, I would focus every weekend I had just watching as much tape as I could. I started building my own draft boards and stuff like that to kind of see if I could find just guys that would stick guys that I thought would fit what Minnesota wanted to do. And then that kind of led more to, uh, just overall NFL draft. And then eventually it became my favorite aspect of the NFL was just watching how guys translate from uh, one level to the next. Cool. All right. Okay. Looking uh, at the 2020 Vikings and everything that has happened uh, during the last year, what do you think has been the the most notable moment uh, for the team during the last 12 months? You know, was it the, the Diggs trade, the Yannick trade, the Dalvin extension, Kirk extension? You know, what stood out for you? Um, I think the digs trade because I've come so full circle on it. Just like when it happened, I remember I was, it, it happens relatively late at night. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, it broke and I was kind of, I was bummed about it. And then, I mean, looking back now, it was a great, I mean, a perfect move for both sides. I think mm-hmm. Buffalo is definitely going to be very happy with her that Minnesota gets Jefferson out of it. And Jefferson, whether he wins rookie of the year or not, he's definitely deserving of it. And uh, he, I mean, he's a, a focal point for the future. So the Vikings definitely came away on the cheaper end. They get a young guy who they can, who could be a face of the franchise, even if you already have a guy like Dalvin Cook out on there. So win-win situation for them. Uh, and just seeing how I hated it and how I love it. It's <laughs> as good of a, a trade as you can hope for. So, uh, Speaking of Stefan Diggs, do you think the Vikings would be any better this season if he was still on their roster? I don't know. It's tricky because I don't, obviously the comparison is going to be is Jefferson going to take his role, which I don't think they're the same player. So it's hard to kind of mold that, but like there's instances where we've seen Jefferson's kind of early struggles. And we saw, I think it was the end of the Dallas game where he had the drop Diggs Mm -hmm. probably doesn't drop that. Although he does, he has had his issues with drops, but I think just the learning pains of Jefferson are going to make it to where Diggs' veteran presence probably uh, boosted a little bit. But all in all, I don't know if it necessarily puts them over the top at all. I mean, Jefferson still put up, what, 1,100, 1,200 yards. He's, yep. He could still break the record, so or the rookie records, to clarify that. But, yeah, I don't know if Diggs alone makes this team all that much better. Yeah, I, I don't know either because I feel like they would use him in a similar way that they have in the past and – and, um, you know, maybe, maybe the Vikings don't get off to some of the poor starts that they have, uh, that they did this season where, you know, they found themselves down 10 or 14 points and maybe Diggs is, you know, just screaming to people on the sidelines like we were, were used to, like in that, that Broncos game last year when they were down, what, 21 yeah. nothing and he was a big, big part of them coming from behind. Maybe that aspect, but yeah, I kind of agree with you in that I don't, maybe one win, which, you know, actually probably would have made a difference this year, but I don't know how many, how big of a difference he would make just based on how successful Jefferson was, was able to be this year. Now, Dalvin Cook, um, he's not going to be playing in the Viking season finale against the Lions on Sunday due to the sudden passing of his father. So first off, uh, condolences to him and his family. Uh, but this season, Dalvin set new single-season career highs in rushing yards, touchdowns, and total yards 
from scrimmage. However, he also set a career high in total touches with 356. Uh, for as successful as he was, did the Vikings give Dalvin the ball too much? And does his workload this season concern you about his future? That's tricky because I, I've gone so like back and forth on running backs because obviously it hasn't worked out for everybody. And the Vikings had to pay Dalvin because you can't afford to let him walk. And he was the main reason they were successful this year. So, yeah, you want to keep giving him the ball, him getting that many touches. It, it probably is scary given that even though he's kind of stayed relatively healthy compared to I mean, his rookie year, obviously wasn't great. He ended it after only three and a half games. But if he's going to leave games every now and again with an injury, it kind of does where you do they stack up? Does his body take, uh, take a toll and all that? But that that is a lot of touches for a guy who has at least shown that he can withstand some injury throughout a year. Um, but the Vikings really didn't have a choice. Madison didn't step up like I expected him to. Passing game couldn't really get going without Cook's presence. So it's one of those where either you don't give him the ball and you kind of you probably lose even more games than you do than they did, or you kind of force him the ball and just hope things work out for him over the next two three years while that money's going to be at its peak. Yeah, I kind of agree that they didn't really have much of a choice, especially when you look at the uh, the first six games of their season when they started one and five, and he wasn't really getting the ball as much. And you fast forward to after their bye when he was pretty much he was their offense, and you know he he got the majority of of the workload, and and they were winning. So it's kind of hard to argue against him, you know, getting the ball when it worked out so well. I mean, at the end of the year. Team started to, to catch on and just just gang up on them and uh, force Cousins to to beat them, which I think um, you know contributed to the Vikings losing their last three games. But yeah, I don't think they had a lot of choices given you know what, like you said, the way that Madison wasn't performing, and then just the offensive line being able to to pass protect at all, which you know yeah. seems to be a problem every year but you know we'll we'll try and figure it out again this offseason then they'll probably <laughs> see it'll probably still be a problem again next year because that's just just what happens under uh you know rick spielman during his tenure yeah. um kirk cousins has two years left on his current deal with the vikings and some think this might be a good year for minnesota to possibly use an early draft pick uh, to invest in a new quarterback based on where the Vikings are expected to pick, which is around the 12 to 15 pick range, you know, depending on what happens on Sunday with their game and, and some other games. Um, should they consider selecting one of the, the young quarterback prospects this year with their first round pick, or would they have to trade up maybe to get someone who's worth actually using a first round pick on? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say trade up because obviously that's not – if you already have a quarterback you can rely on, don't trade up and sacrifice the entire future. Um, but like, say if Zach Wilson does jump Justin Fields and he goes in the top five and maybe Fields falls even behind, uh, like Mac Jones or even Trey Lance, who's kind of been forgotten about. Mm -hmm. If he's there at the Vikings pick, it's hard to say take somebody else because there are so many needs and holes that they've got to fill. But man, if, there, if there's a top five potential quarterback, it's hard to sway me personally to say, ah, well, let's go get a defensive tackle because it's pressing. And I do like Kirk. Kirk has been very good. I don't care what fans want to say rather about he's. What do they like, say? They don't say anything. Right? Uh, yeah, they love him. I've never heard a bad word about him <laughs> in my life, but it's hard to pass up 
a guy like Justin Fields, I just don't see the Vikings pulling that trigger. Um, but who knows? I mean, obviously anything could happen. I just don't see it happening. Maybe not quite yet. Maybe next year, but not right now. You don't get swayed by the uh, the Ohio State. Uh, you know, that's that's the uh, what is it? That no Ohio State quarterbacks have never been good in the NFL. That doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't bother you. me. At all. It doesn't bother. Me. <laughs> Heard the same thing about Alabama guys and yeah, Clemson guys up until. Watson got here and mm-hmm. Lawrence mm-hmm. looks to be the it looks to be good. Obviously we don't know that yet, but right. To, uh, yeah. Um it's tough because there are two years left on Cousins contract and it's it's pretty hard for the Vikings to get out of it unless someone wants to trade for his contract and the only real team I could think of is the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan recently spoke about Jimmy Garoppolo and how they want to keep him. Um, I don't know how much of that is true, but that would really be the only team that I could see being interested in him. And I think, I don't even know if they have enough cap space to handle Kirk's contract. So I don't think he's going to be going anywhere in 2021, probably not 2022. Cause I think his cap hit gets even higher in, in 2022. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe 2022 is the year to draft someone and then, you know, sit them for a year and then in 20, 23, you, you bring that guy in and see what you can do. But at the same time, you don't even know if the same regime you have is going to be around whenever right, that happens. Yeah. So it'll be fun for sure. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the Vikings were, were ravaged um, this year by inexperience and injuries. Uh, and it resulted in, in Mike Zimmer recently calling the unit the worst defense he's ever had. Um there's an article going around this week from a pretty pretty notable publication suggesting that the Vikings defense is in the middle of a rebuild and it's not going to be a quick fix. Do you believe this to be true or do you think Zimmer can turn things around pretty quickly for the defense in 2021? Oh, I don't think it's a full-on rebuild. I just think it's more so injuries because they're going to be getting Kendricks back at full strength. I if it was up to me, I would be bringing Barr back next year just because he does so much in the run game as a pass uh, pass rusher. Um, the only thing that really concerns me is Harrison Smith's getting up there in age, and Anthony Harris isn't locked in uh, next to him mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. So safety's an issue, but the corners looked really good this year outside of – I mean, Chris Jones had his moments, but he hasn't been stellar. Uh, but the rookies, Dantzler and – Jeff Gladney both looked really good. Harrison handmade splash plays against mm-hmm. New Orleans. So it just kind of comes down to when you get that pass rush back with Neil Hunter who's coming back from injury, hopefully he comes back as his old self, then those guys have a little bit more time in this, or less time in the secondary actually to kind of make plays. They're not worried about covering guys for six seconds while there's no pressure coming off the front line. You get Michael Pierce in there. He can actually stop the run instead of letting Alvin Kamara run for a career high in yards and six touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of holes, but I think it mostly just comes from veterans being out, whether they opted out, they got hurt. Uh, it's just untimely injuries all year that it couldn't really ever catch a break and regroup. Do you think the Vikings should maybe uh, make sure, sort of get an insurance policy maybe for, for Daniel Hunter in the sense that they, you know, maybe sign a cheap, cheap veteran who, you know, can, actually rush the passer um and just in case you know 
Hunter has a setback. And, you know, I, I just don't think you can, everyone always talks about recently, like, you know, Hunter and Pierce are coming back, but like, we don't really know what to expect out of these guys, especially, um, you know, I hear a lot about Pierce coming back and how he will just immediately be a force in the middle. And I'm just like, he's had weight problems in the past and he's been off for a whole year. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about him just being this, this top player when he comes in and maybe he will and I'll, and I'll be, be happy. But at the same time, I think the Vikings have to be hesitant. And, and not so, you know, just put all their eggs in one basket on these two guys and, and maybe just make sure they have some, some other options because, uh, this year's pass rush was, was not there at all. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Um, like I do have that kind of the same worry with Pierce because he didn't play for a year. He opted out what, and it was for health concerns. I think they mm-hmm. said he had asthma, which mm-hmm. that's not a detriment to him, but there are going to be questions of can he come back to his old self? Can he be healthy enough to kind of come in really with it's going to be over a year because he didn't play all, he didn't have the off season this year. So, I mean, it's a long time to go, especially for a guy of that size. So Mm -hmm. there is concern there. Uh, I don't know who's going to be available in free agency, but I know like a guy like Ziggy Ansah is always one of those guys that pops up right at the end of camp. Uh, I think he's come off an injury though. Um, drafting a guy early would not surprise me. Like if they were to go with an edge rusher in the first or second, well, they don't have a second round pick, but mm. they could maneuver their way. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they take a guy at number at pick 12 or wherever they're at and just get another stud edge rusher just in case. If Hunter does go down, they don't take a huge drop off. And if Hunter's healthy and he's himself, then they've got two studs coming off both sides who can really just completely wreck the game plan. I'm just thinking about that, that not having a second round pick right now. And then came to my head that I probably wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Spielman trades back in the first round to get a second round pick. I just, yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And, uh, and then a lot of people would be mad because they'd be like, what? Why'd you do that? Um, because, <laughs> you know, Vikings fans like to, uh, let their feelings be known. Um, so, all right, let's get to this weekend's game between the Vikings and the Lions. It's the season finale, week 17. Uh, FanDuel currently has the Vikings favored by seven points and 538. Gives the Vikings a 75% chance to beat the Lions on Sunday. Uh, with no playoffs on the line anymore for, for either club. I mean, their draft positions can fluctuate, but not by a ton, I believe. Uh, what will you be interested to see uh, from the Vikings during their final game of the season on Sunday? Um, first and foremost, I want to see Justin Jefferson break the record. That's the only thing I really care about at this point in the season. Like, I want to have something to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to see what they do at running back with, obviously, condolences out to Dalvin, but he's not going to be there Sunday. I don't know if Alexander Madison's good to go or not. I think I've he's seen- limited in practice this week. He's coming back from yeah. a concussion. But, right. So if, if he's not able to go, I'd like to see Mike Boone. I think he's done really well in, in his limited time, you, like the past, what, two, three years, it feels like. So mm-hmm. if he can get that extended care, I mean, he had last year, he had the week 17 start against uh, Chicago. Maybe he can do that again this year, have another uh, big outing and secure himself a spot next year. But defensively, I'm just hoping they get through the game without <laughs> my TV or my remote going to my TV because I, I can't sit there and watch. The Lions put up forty points. Yeah, what if they give? What if Adrian Peterson scores six touchdowns? It's not a good thing. <laughs> I can tell you that. 
it's not going to be a, a, a happy, yeah. I mean, losing is not the worst thing in the world, but you can't, I, don't, I think it, yeah, Stafford playing, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know who's good to go for Detroit. I don't know. The spread at seven for the Vikings seems very favorable for them because I don't know if they're going to be able to score without Dalvin Cook. Just pass the ball all day. Irv Smith. You know, Justin yeah, Jefferson, Irv Smith has been very good. That's been yes. Conklin on the past few weeks. Conklin's been a surprise. I think mm-hmm. they can kind of – sorry, Rudy, but your time definitely <laughs> up. We've got two guys below you who are younger and very much Cheaper. athletic. So. Uh, yeah, well, the Lions are coming off a game. What did they lose? Like 40-something to whatever to the, seven, the, yeah, the Bucks. Close, yeah. So, um, yeah, 47 to 7 uh, to the Bucks. Um, so, like, first to 60 on, on Sunday is – Maybe who uh, who wins this game? Because I don't think there's going to be uh, much defense played. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, Mike Zimmer is probably going to you know he'll be going for the shutout, but that's not going to happen um, this year. And we already I already mentioned Adrian Peterson, um, who now plays for the Lions, um, and he will be finishing up his 14th NFL season on Sunday. But do you think maybe this could be Peterson's last game in the NFL, and it could come against the Vikings? Uh, it would be a cool storyline. I think if, like, if this is why he goes out, it makes total sense. But he's also said he wants to play for another four or five yeah, more years. He wants years. to play until he's forty. Yeah, like, I mean, to his credit, though, he has done relatively decently for a guy of his age. I'm, I'm not shocked, um, but it would be a very fitting storyline just to end his career uh, against the Vikings. It's unfortunate that it's not in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. still, I mean. Him going out with four touchdown rushes against the Vikings on like 18 carries for 200 yards, that would not surprise me whatsoever right now. So if he wants to do it, go for it. This year he has – he's only rushed for for 541 yards, and he's got six touchdowns. Uh, He's got 642 total yards, so those are all like career lows for him. Um, So – and he's he's played in 15 games, and he's started 10 of them, so it's not like he hasn't – been in the game, but just seems like maybe this is he's his time is coming to an end, and I just I just look at look into the future, maybe next year, and just wonder, you know, how many teams are going to want to bring someone in like him who still can't catch and can't pass block, and it looks like his his running abilities, you know, he can have a couple good runs here and there, but just looks like those are going away too, so. I don't know if it would be his choice that this that Sunday would be his last game. I, I don't think that would be the case, but I think it could be, you know, just end up that way with, you know, the way teams around the league feel in, in twenty what, twenty twenty one and how they probably don't want to sign him. And uh, he'll be what, thirty six in March. So Young. He'll be, yeah, yeah. Thirty six. He'll get the Frank Gore treatment. I mean, he's 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 in great shape still and everything for you know, being 36, but it comes a, a time for everyone in the NFL when they just need to hang it up. And it seems like that'll be happening uh, sooner than later and probably not when he's 40. Uh, <laughs> but you did mention that you want to see Justin Jefferson break the record on Sunday. So my question, I was going to ask you, should Justin Jefferson, you know, even be out on the field this week? Because the Vikings not known to have the greatest luck in their, you know, history, uh, the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a very valid point. Um, I don't see. Obviously, I don't think they're going to pull anybody. Um, but 
it's definitely something that's worrisome. Like, yeah, your season's over. Let's not go ahead and ruin next year as well. Um, especially with Thielen, he's going to be what 32 heading into next year, maybe midway through next year. So I really don't want to lose Jefferson and then have an aging Thielen uh, with Chad Beatty likely as the, the number one receiver at that point oh, heading no, into yeah, next yeah. year. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just have to trust Jefferson to maybe let him get 111 yards and then you sit him and then just, leave. <laughs> just get that, get it by a yard and then just, just throw it to him every play for the first two drives, get the 111 yards, and then he's done. Give him a couple. And then you can really see what you've got. <laughs> a couple, de- couple deep shots, and then, you know, get him out of there. Um, I just thought of this. You know, if, if you know, Dalvin isn't playing this weekend, but if he if he was still healthy and everything was, was, was normal, would you would would you want him to play on Sunday? I'd have him play, but just really sparingly. Yeah. Not to the extent that they had him playing, you know, weeks 14, 15. Right. Um, but get him a handful of touches. Let him get – kind of just go out with this season on a, on a high note because, obviously, he had a good game against New Orleans, but he was just outshined by Kamara. Yeah, they scored um, 33 obvious. points. Yeah. And I think with Cook, you just want to – he deserves his, his credit for an incredible season, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was very skeptical of his contract, but he's lived up to it to this point. Obviously, it hasn't really kicked in, but if he can put up this production every year, there's nothing wrong with that kind of money. Um, and I just, I guess it is kind of decent enough that they're not going to have to risk him next year. Obviously, situation's not, not uh, what we Ideal. want. But yeah. yeah, I mean, don't play your guys. 70 snaps and risk <laughs> anything severe for next year, but just have some fun with the final game at least. We also don't want to see Sean Mannion out on the field. Um, yeah, so, that so. is, I would <laughs> much rather, I don't even, because I don't want to watch Nate Stanley. I don't know. I, there's nobody behind Kirk Cousins that I even remotely want Take to touch. Take Browning. Uh, <laughs> Slaughter's not there anymore, so, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so on a scale of one to ten, you know what what would be your confidence level in the in the Vikings getting a win over the Lions on Sunday? It's kind of uh, I don't know. It's kind of a hard game to predict because they're just you don't know who's going to be on the field. Yeah, um, I'll go with like a six and a half. Okay, because I think the Vikings' offense can put up points. Uh, even I mean the offensive line, we don't know who's playing. I think they said Rashad Hill might be starting at left tackle. Yep. Uh, instead of Ezra Cleveland, Cleveland will stay at right guard. Dakota Dozier, uh, he'll be there, but will he really? And if Stafford's there, it's going to be a fun game. If he's not playing, then Minnesota should win it pretty handily. Yeah, who's their backup, Chase Daniel? I think so. Yeah, I believe so, which I, I should say I can't say that that's going to be an easy <laughs> win because they did come in and beat him last year in Chicago. So oh, Chase Daniel, he's like – he's stolen more money than like Sam Bradford. He's – uh, he's made like yeah. forty million dollars, and I think he has like two starts in in nine years or something like that. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> good for good for him. Get your get your money. Yeah. Um. That's gonna do it for us today. Make sure to uh, follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to follow Luke on Twitter. Luke, what what is your your Twitter handle? Uh, at Luke Parish underscore NFL. 
There you go. Follow him on there and, uh, you know, for some good Vikings coverage and draft coverage. And you also cover you cover the Pacers as well, Indiana Pacers. Yeah. So if you like me to complain about basketball, I've got that too. So <laughs> There you go. So go check all that stuff out. But until next year, we will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.